Section 9 of the Baha'i Revelation by Thornton Chase. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. The Baha'i Revelation by Thornton Chase. Section 9. Baha'u'llah. In 1852-3, nine years after the first declaration of the Bab, Baha'u'llah, then thirty-five years of age, a native of the city of Nur, light in Persia, and an exile to Baghdad in Arabia, began teaching and expounding religious doctrines in such a way that it attracted the hearts of many listeners, especially the Babis, and caused bitter opposition from others. As contention grew, he quietly left Baghdad, and for two years remained alone in seclusion in the mountains of Sarkalu, his whereabouts unknown to all. When he returned to Baghdad, the teaching was renewed, and in 1863 A.D., nineteen years after the Bab's proclamation, he openly declared his mission as he whom God shall manifest for twelve successive days in the Rezvan or garden of the city. At that time, he and his followers, now known as Baha'is, were removed to Constantinople and soon after to Adrianople, where they remained until 1868 A.D., when, under pressure from enemies, they were transported to the political prison of Akka in Syria. Akka is about twenty miles from Nazareth, the home of Jesus, and nine miles from Mount Carmel, the scene of many scriptural events. Thus was the Baha'i manifestation driven by its enemies into the Holy Land, God's land of promise. God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. The purpose of this imprisonment was to exterminate the movement, as it was supposed to be already extinguished in Persia by the killing of all who were known to be affiliated with it. Akka was famous for its deadly malarial conditions, and prisoners there were usually short-lived. It was said that a bird attempting to fly over Akka would drop dead. All but a scattered and unknown few of the former Babis in Persia had been martyred. There were seventy men, women, and children with Baha'u'llah in that exile. And so secretly were they removed to Akka, so close was the imprisonment there, that for a long time none of the friends in Persia or elsewhere knew what had become of them. Baha'u'llah was confined alone in the highest room in the prison tower, and all of the others were herded together like cattle in a large room in the barracks below. They were allowed no communication with persons outside. They were subjected to extreme hunger, vile food and water, mud, filth and disease. Typhoid fever and dysentery broke out among them, and all but five were ill. Even some of their guards were sick. One man only was left to care for them all. That man was Abbas Effendi, the son of Baha'u'llah, now known 
as Abdul Baha, the servant of the glory of God. In spite of the horror, disease, oppression, and suffering, these people lived to be released from close imprisonment after a long period, and eventually they were allowed the freedom of the Valley of Akka, reaching from Akka to Haifa, nine miles away. It was during this time of strictest confinement, when each loaf of bread was cut open by the guards to see that it contained no communication, that the long epistles, letters to the kings, were sent from that prison tower to the monarchs of the earth, including the Pope at Rome, Queen Victoria, Napoleon III, and the President of the United States, calling upon them to recognize Baha'u'llah as the Messenger of God. It was then when the cause seemed to human sight to be extinct and buried beyond possibility of resurrection, that the most triumphant peons of victory were penned to the exiled captive in his silent chamber in the prison tower of Akka. He proclaimed the triumph of the Spirit of God over the whole earth as an accomplished fact. The utter defeat and rout of the hosts of darkness and the victory of the glory of God, Baha'u'llah, the Word of God, over the hearts of men throughout the world. Today, millions of happy souls are rejoicing in that Word, devoting their lives to that cause and proving that the Word was divine and from the Almighty God, and that the imprisoned man, who suffered that the Word might come to its birth and maturity among men, was indeed the manifestation of the will of God. For forty years, Baha'u'llah taught and wrote, all of that time in exile, and much of it in what he called the greatest prison. His works are voluminous, and all are filled with instructions of exalted wisdom for both the spiritual and material evolution of man. They parallel the divine teachings of all past ages, illumining and showing them forth in wonderful clearness and new beauty. They meet the needs of the spiritually hungry in every religion and clime. They penetrate the hearts and thrill the souls with divine aspiration and light. They melt away all separateness in the fires of love and bring believers from every part of the world into a perfect unity. Professor Edward G. Brown, lecturer in Persian to the University of Cambridge, England, who visited Baha'u'llah in 1890, said, The face of him on whom I gazed, I can never forget, though I cannot describe it. Those piercing eyes seem to read one's very soul. Power and authority sat on that ample brow, while the deep lines on the forehead and face implied an age which the jet-black hair and beard, flowing down in indistinguishable luxuriance almost to the waist, seemed to belie. No need to ask in whose presence I stood, as I bowed myself before one who is the object of a devotion and love which kings might envy 
and emperors sigh for in vain. End of section 9 Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater Recorded in London, England